Well, this morning, some of you look ahead and you look at uh, what the outline is and just how many things I've got in it, and you're thinking, oh, no, this is one of, one of Mike's seven-point messages again. So we did that last week. You're only supposed to add three, and so I doubled it and added one. But uh, just relax, because in many ways, today's message is only a one-point message. But I thought, I've got to have something else to say, so I add a few other things. But really, just one major point I want to share with you this morning. As uh, we've been going through a series in the Gospel of Luke, and we've been in that for many, many months now, um, we're taking a break probably this week and next week as we look at just some things that we want to speak into us as a, as a family, church family. But today is kind of a family day as you think about Grandparents Day. And in many ways, uh, Jeannie stole some of my introductory points, so I'll just eliminate those. But I, I, I did look at some other things about Grandparents Day. Do you know there's a flower dedicated to Grandparents Day? And I, I was looking for my notes. I couldn't find it. And, and then I remember what it was is uh, forget-me-not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the flower for today is forget-me-not. And, of course, implied in that is that it's very easy to forget people that are important in your life. Would you agree with that? Uh, have you realized that we have a tendency to forget the things we ought to remember and remember the things we ought to, what, forget? And, and sometimes we're, we're overburdened by the things that we just hold on to. And God says just unhitch that, you know, that, that, that uh, thing that's weighting you down. And remember the goodness of God in your life. And the greatest thing that God does for us is, is to bring people in our life. Now, sometimes they're their greatest challenges in our life, but as God brings people in our life, he wants to, us to remember them and, and cherish them and, and see them as vitally important. But as, uh, i, I got to share this little tidbit with you. As, as I was thinking about this day, you know, Grandparents' Day, and, and I think Jeannie said, you know, did, did Hallmark uh, just want to get another card movement going on and sell their, their merchandise? And sometimes we think about that, and, and I was looking it up. You can look at yourself. There's a checkitday.com, and you can just look at just how many really days we ought to, what, what we ought to celebrate on this particular day, September 9th in 2018. I, I'm sure some of you, uh, everyone knows this, but, you know, this is not only Grandparents' Day, but it's Care Bears' Day. And not only that, a more serious one, it's Fatal Alcohol Awareness Day. It's also National Teddy Bear Day, International Sudoku Day. Did I say that right? Sudoku? Sudoku Day. Never played that game in my life, okay? Because uh, I'm not smart enough. All right. Um, National Hug Your Hound Day for all those who, uh, on, was it, is it farmers.com? Okay, anyway, <laughs> anyway, if you have, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Okay, uh, National, <laughs> National Pet Memorial Day. Uh, there's also Wiener Schnitzel Day. On this day, there is. Um, Sustainable House Day, there's Racial Justice Day, and there's Tester's Day. But the one I like the most in terms of this, and I guess you can compete whether this is really Grandparents' Day or this day, it's Wonderful Weirdos Day. <laughs> so if you're, not, if you're not sitting next to a grandparent, you're probably sitting next to a weirdo, all right? All right. So this is a day in which we can celebrate so much because somebody has identified this as a day that we need to honor... You know, honor Care Bears, I guess. I don't know, whatever it might be. So, so this morning, however, we're going to focus on Grandparents' Day because really, when you think about Grandparents' Day, and when you think about that theme and how does it relate to, to this setting, is the Bible describes the gathering of God's people since Jesus left uh, most commonly with the word church. It's a Greek word, uh, ekklesia, which means gathering or actually called out ones. And it's what we designate as people gather together as believers uh, to be part of what God wants us to be a part of and to recognize that we should not do the life that we have with him alone, that we're, we're to do it together. And if we do it together, life will be better together as we follow Jesus. 
But there's other word pictures concerning what the church is all about. It's called a flock, which in a flock, you know, is usually a, a gathering of animals together. And the one that's most norm, normally described as a flock for, for us is we're a flock of sheep, which means we're kind of dumb and we need help, all right? And, so, and we need a shepherd. And so that's part of it as well. We're, we're also called the body of Christ. When Jesus was here, he fully manifested who God is in, in physical form because God became fully a man as well as being fully God. The Bible also talks about us, however, as being the family of God. And so I thought on this morning on Grandparents Day where we're celebrating people that, that are grandparents and the ones that are grandparents too, which grandchildren, is that what, what, we could, what could we say about that would be a challenge for all of us because I'm fully aware that not every one of us here is a grandparent, right? Only a few of us have reached that particular, no. You know, we're not all grandparents here. So what, what does that really mean for the rest of us? Okay, well, the reality is that there's an application for us uh, wherever we are in our, our journey age-wise, whatever stage of life. And that's a challenge just, just to bear the soul of a pastor. You know, when we have Mother's Day or Father's Day, I, I struggle with that because, you know, some people want to be a mother and a father, and they can't for a variety of reasons. And, you know, what, what do you speak? And so on this day, what you're celebrating, the role of having kids for others, it's a, it's a great burden and challenge. And, and, and so whatever you do, you're really, well, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating for some, and it's a, it's a heartbreak for others. But what we need to realize is that we're all part of this family, whatever part we're playing. And, and really the significance of this, is it's all about relationships, isn't it? When you think about what, what it means to be a Christian, it, it's, and this has become more popular in the last 30 or 40 years, we describe a person who is a Christian, sometimes we'll say that person got saved, he got born again, he, he got religion, you know, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways people used to talk about it. But really what we'll often say now is that this is a person who has come to a place in their life, they have a relationship with Jesus, right? We'll often describe the, the experience of knowing God in a personal way in, in relationship or relational terms. Well, as we think about grandparents today, what, what we want to r- realize is that we're all part of God's family. And, and for a healthy family, we, we all need to play our part. We all need to see how every one of our relationships either makes our family healthy or unhealthy. So with, with, with that as an introduction, let me give you your, your point, your, the point this morning, and then the rest of you, you can kind of relax and snooze or whatever you normally do in church, or you can listen on as I try to like maybe give some more specifics related to it. But the, the title of the message, Living Together as Family, and really I want to make this very profound. I'm a very profound person. This is, this is the profound statement I'm going to make. Everyone has people who are younger, older, or the same age in their lives. Would, would you agree with that? You know, even, even if you're like just first born, you know, somebody's going to be born a millisecond after, after you just got born, right? And no matter how old you are here, you, there's got to be some people somewhere that's older than you are, right? So everybody has people, and usually in cl- close proximity, that is either older or younger or the same age that you are. And so what, what is the point behind this, you know, very not so profound point that we all could figure out ourselves is that, that God wants us to have healthy intentional relationships with people of any age, right? There are many passages in Scripture where, where Jesus talked to people who didn't quite get it, like his own disciples, and, and when they couldn't quite relate to people younger than them, like these little children, he said, look at if you can't become like a little child, basically, I, I have no part with you. I can't have a relationship with you. You can't see the value of people younger than you are. 
And of course, the Bible often talks about those who are older than us. In fact, in, there was one exercise I was going to do, but I decided not to. And it's in Leviticus 19.32. It talks about in the law, and we're not under the law today, but the Bible talked about that in the presence of people older than you are, when they come into your presence, you are to, you are to stand up. So I was going to have, okay, anybody who's a grandparent, you can sit and everybody else stand up, you know. Um, but, you know, there's a place for honoring people who are older than you and younger than you. But the Bible also describes that, that, that we need to have people in our own peer group or age group. And we need to realize that there's a responsibility for us to have a healthy relationship with them as well. So here's the, here's the bottom line. Here's the, the one point, and though I'm going to share seven more after this, okay. There, here's the one point is that if we want to live together as, as family, and maybe I'll kind of expand the one point. But one is, is realize you, you are of extreme value and importance. That the, the family of God can't be healthy unless you're healthy and, and, and you see your value in that, that you are not a forgotten person, that, that you have a role to play. The Bible describes all of us when we come in, a, in the presence of other people in the family of God that, that we all have a job description independent of our spiritual gift or talents or stage of life or abilities that, that let none of us you know, neglect the gathering together as some do, but, but come together and, and encourage one another. And even more so, as you see, have you noticed that each day you live, you're a little bit older, okay, okay? And if you believe Jesus is coming again, each day we live, it's just one more day quicker than Jesus is coming again. We don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. And as you see the day approaching, we need to see much more the value and importance of us seeing our role of encouraging people around us. Anybody here not like to be encouraged? When you're, when you're, you're feeling, you're struggling, you, you, you just wish, you know, that people would put more on you and just cause you to be filled like you're under the pile even deeper. And, and so the family of God, living as the family of God, we are called to be encouraging to people younger than us, older than us, and people who are the same age. And every one of us is so vitally important to making that happen. So let's look at that this morning. And really, I've also entitled the message, or kind of try to hang things around, is, is leaving a legacy of influence. Is each one of our lives influences others, you know, sometimes in a positive way and sometimes in a negative way. But so often we think it's, it's much more complicated than it has to be. You can change someone's life on a day if you smile at them. Would you agree? If you just spend time talking with them or the other side of that, the other side of talking is what? Listening, which is what I'm not doing right now. Okay, I'm talking and you're hopefully listening. But if you talk to someone, you listen to them, you smile at them, you just spend time with them, you approach them, then you can leave a legacy of influence because you show that you care, right? All right, so let's just uh, run through a few passages and, and, and really, it, it, they're just saying the same thing uh, in a different way, but that's my point this morning is that we all can live together as family if we, if we make that choice, all right? All right, leaving a legacy of influence. Number one, truly care about people younger and older than you. What does the Bible say about that? Well, in James chapter 1, verse 27, it says this, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, 
See, if you want to know how, how you doing, how am I doing in the family of God, doing that which is religious, not just ritual, but doing things that honor God, that, that God is pleased with, well, it's this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now you think, well, why'd I throw this in? Because, you know, if you look at it simply, um, when we think of orphans, we, we think of people younger, right? And then if you look on the other side, widows, and people obviously become a, can become a widow at an early age, but most widows across the board are, are older, right? And he said, look at it, as he's speaking to the church, and, and in James, that's what he's really doing. He's just, well, he's just giving so many practical truths that's considered the Proverbs, the wisdom of of the Old Testament now encapsulated in one little book in James where he just, he just throws out application points, application points, application points. He said, do you, do you want to do well? Then just treat people well. If you see someone that's all alone, and I don't think he's just speaking about people physically as orphans or physically as widows, so those would be examples where they realize they do have needs, but you see anyone in need, whether they're younger than you or older than you, visit them, spend time with them. Whether it's when the church is gathered or it's scattered, think about people and connect with them. And when we do that, that's pure and undefiled religion. That's doing the right thing. That has eternal value. Psalm 145 says this, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now, think about that. You know, it, it could be where we're thinking, you know, it's Grandparents' Day, it's, it's top-down, it's older, you know, sharing with the younger, but it's, it's really both ways, isn't it? One generation shall praise your works to another. It could go either way. And, and so share your life with others and, and just truly care about people and share what's happening in your lives to those around you. Secondly, pursue loving, healthy relationships with people in your peer group. Now, I throw this in because sometimes, sometimes you know, we take a good thing and, and, and that good thing can, can become a bad thing. Do you understand how that can happen at times? Some people are only comfortable, I've heard, and you can say this in a right way, and so I'm not, I'm not jumping on you if you've said this, uh, I probably said it, so I'd probably jump on myself as well, you know, we all have our preferences, would everybody agree? Okay, okay, John and I agree, so, okay, Dan was a little bit late, but he, he agreed with me as well, okay, you know, some of us, some of us like working with younger people, and some of us like working with older people, Right? I mean, it, whatever it is, we just love the little ones, or we just, we just love listening to and talking with seniors. It's just great. And, and, and that's awesome. God has given you that heart. But can I submit to you, we all need to have a healthy relationship with our peer group as well, right? Because in one sense, you're, and I don't mean this in a negative way, you're talking down to young people and you're talking up to older people. But when you have to talk to people at your own age, man, you, the facade comes off, right? You, you have to be really real and genuine with people your own age because they know what you're going through and they're going, probably going the same thing. And when, when you're hiding things that are not really real in your life, it, you need someone who speaks into your life that's your, around your same age. I'm not talking the exact age, but people that are your peers, right? And in many ways, I, I try to take this from Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor. 
But the idea, again, to be devoted to one another. It's one another of the same kind. So he's saying, look at the people that you do life with. Be committed to them. Have people that, that can speak in your lives because that's what they're going through right now, right? Does that make sense? This is where we, we live together as family, where we, we are connected to people of all ages. And it makes us more real and authentic and genuine when we live that way. Thirdly, work hard to share your spiritual lessons with the younger people. And here it gets more back to kind of the grandparents' day. But Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 says this, Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. And of course, if we're going to be healthy with, with the people around us, then we've got to spend time really making sure our life is put together right. So you've got to work hard on your soul. You know, do some soul work. So that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. And that's kind of what I shared to begin with, is that we have a tendency to forget the things we ought to remember and remember the things we ought to forget. And we ought to have a praise list that we begin every day with. And we forget the goodness of God in our life. And we forget what God has done for us. And we can all have things in our life that we wish could change. And it could be something yesterday or it could be something five, ten years ago. But look at the goodness of God in the midst of all you go through. Take attention to your soul. And then he goes on and says this, But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. So here, here in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is Deuteros Namas, which is the second giving of the law, which means, the, you know, the reason we keep going back to this book, and sometimes we go back to some very familiar passages in God's Word, is because we have a tendency to forget the things we ought to remember. And, and so when God gave the second giving of the law, they had already forgotten it. It hadn't been that long. And so he went over it again with them. And he says, I want you to understand that the things you've been learning from me, you've been experiencing, the good and the bad. You know, and sometimes we, we learn great lessons from when we mess up. Would you agree? And we ought to be willing to share that. Let me tell you when I messed up and how God was good to me even when I messed up. Or when you have a great victory, then share the victory. Let me tell you how good God is because he did this. And, and, and be intentional about that and, and share that with younger people. To your, your sons and your grandsons. And, and so we, we, need to be, we, we need to be storytellers and, and telling what God has done and, and how we've seen him work in our lives through the good and the, the bad, the thick and the thin. And he had to remind them to do that. And so we need to remind ourselves to, to realize that conversations with other people have eternal value and it leaves a legacy. Number four. Again, this is, this is the, these seven points are all free. I only gave you one point this morning, right? Okay. Don't spend all your money on yourself, but invest it in others. Proverbs 13, 22, it says this, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So as we think about our inheritance, we're not, you know, whatever we have, whatever resource we have, we, we want to invest in the, our kids, but we also want to invest in our kids' kids. Now, um, There is a place where we need to be wise about it. You can spoil your kids not only now, but in the future as well. But it's really speaking about our heart. You know, it's not about spending everything you have on yourself. It's about spreading it out. And if it's not your children, it could be somebody else's children. 
And, and when you think about it, the, the cause of Christ is reaching other people so they might become children of God. But as many as received him to them and believed in to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Everyone who comes to God comes as a child, don't they? And so, so we want to invest what we have to leave a legacy, a spiritual legacy of reaching the next generation and the generation after it. Have you, I don't know if you've heard recently that the next generation now has a, at least, they think that they might have decided what name they're going to be. Have you heard what it is? It's now going to be Generation Z is, uh, is what the, and they, they say right now it could be the largest generation that we've ever had around the world. And they're also saying this is a generation in which there are probably more nuns, and we're not talking about the Catholic Church here, but if you ask people, you know, what is your religion, what is your faith, and the answer is, what? None. Is that we need to invest in the next generation and reaching them for Christ. Fifthly, there's no way to memorize these seven points. I haven't memorized them, so just relax, all right? But you can go back and look at which one kind of challenged me more than the other. Number five, realize your relationship with God can have a ripple effect in many lives. And this is, I guess, a motivational pr- principle. Psalm 103, verse 17 says, But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. Now, I'm not sure I totally understand that verse, okay, in its nuances. But it sounds to me that the impact that we have in the lives of others not only have a now effect, but it has a future effect. That the loving kindness of God is everlasting to everlasting. And it goes on to the, the next generation and then the generation after that to his children's children. So as you think about your life, don't, don't minimize it. Whatever, whatever kind of family you're in at this moment, because I look back at some of the people in my life, and, and some of the people in my life have made, and my parents made a huge impact on my life, but there's some people outside of my family that made huge impacts on my life. And some of them didn't have any children. But somehow, unofficially, I got adopted by them, and they made huge impact. And, and so as we think about living as a family of God, leaving a legacy, is you don't know what the impact of your life can be on the life of others. So don't minimize your value. Your value has an eternal impact. The ripple effect. Second Timothy chapter one verse five and is a statement within the nuclear family. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. And he's talking to Timothy. He was a pastor. In fact, he got two letters written to him in the New Testament. And, and he said, "Well, how did he come to this place? Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well." And so he, he looks at, well, what was the ripple effect there in Timothy, a pastor? Well, it was his, it began with the grandmother and the mother. And he said, they turned out pretty well. I'm pretty sure you're going to turn out pretty well as well. And, and so there is a ripple effect as we, as we see the value of relationships within the family of God. Number six. Remind others there, there are blessings. I didn't really write this very well. You could put a comma there or add some words. Remind that there are blessings in obeying God. Okay, that's, that, that, that's something I think we would all agree with. And Psalm 128 verse 4 says, Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. 
and, and really, most of the things that we want in our relationship with God is we want our life to be better. We, we talked about last week, our life will be better. It's not going to necessarily be easier, but, but we, we like the blessings of God, and, and God promises that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1. So God has poured out that which we need to have a, a life filled with abundance and, and value and importance. And, and, and so there's a motivation to walk with God because there's a blessing in walking with him. But, but that's the other side of the coin. I, I was asking a group, a small group this, this past week, you know, how many sides are there to a coin? And most people said two. And then we had one of the people like, kind of like me said, well, actually, there are three because their edges have a side as well. But usually when we think of a coin, there's two sides, right? Well, the one side of the coin for, as we walk with God is that is he's going to bless us. But th- there's the other side of it. There are consequences for not obeying the Lord. Exodus chapter 10, verse 2 says this, And that you may dwell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson, how I made a mockery of the Egyptians, and how I performed my signs among them, and that you may know that I am the Lord. Now that's right in the middle of the account of the Exodus and Moses encountering Pharaoh. But what he was saying here, which is interesting, he wasn't just reminding Pharaoh what was happening. I mean, Moses, he said, look, I, I want you to understand that that." As Pharaoh hardened his heart against my clear instructions for him, he wouldn't trust me, that there were consequences. And I want you to teach your children and your children's children there are consequences for saying no to God. And as we think of the picture of God, you know, sometimes people will use this in a negative way. They say, well, you know, God is not this great, old grandparent up in the sky, you know, just trying to be nice to all his little children down below. And, and, and that is the, the role of a grand, we, we, you know, we get like permission for everyone to spoil our grandchildren, you know. <laughs> but I want you to understand that, that God, because of his holiness and his goodness, there are consequences for not obeying the Lord. Now, we don't have to brow people, brow beat people with that, but we need to be honest with them. If you follow God, you'll be blessed. doesn't mean it's going to be easier. There are going to be challenges. But if you don't follow God, there are going to be consequences. And some of them are life-changing. Seventhly, and this is the general statement. Take up the challenge. So what's the bottom line? Okay, it's one thing to know that we ought to be you know, caring for people older and younger than us. We ought to pursue loving, healthy relations with our peer group. We ought to work hard to share spiritual lessons with younger people. We, we shouldn't spend all of what we have on ourselves. We ought to realize our relationship with God can have a ripple effect in many lives. We ought to remind ourselves that our blessings and consequences for not obeying the Lord. And, and so what are we going to do with it? We got to make a choice. We got we, we to say, am I going to take up the challenge to have a legacy of influence in the lives of others? Deuteronomy 6 verse 2 says this, So that your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. And then it goes on to that whole section in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, is teach. Teach it when you rise up and when you Go to sleep and all the time in between the day and write God's word upon your heart and your mind and just, just dispense it to others. And the purpose is not just for you, but for the legacy of 
your influence on the lives of others. And, and when we think that challenge, it's not just for your own kids or your own grandkids. It's for anyone you come in contact with. You want to spill out what God has done in your life. So I guess the so what is, are we willing to, to take on this privilege of leaving a legacy of influence in the lives of others as we live together as family? Every time we come together, I mean, if there's a little person, littler than you, smile at them, talk to them, spend time with them. If there are people your own age, make sure you connect with them on a, on a Sunday or throughout the week when we we scatter. If there's someone older than you, be sure to show appreciation for who they are. God wants his people to realize how we treat others makes a powerful impact in how people see who God is, a relationship that's real, and how because he's made an impact in our lives, it spills out in how we treat others as well. Let's live together as God's family in being his church that has rescued us to new life in him.